North American Martyrs, pray for us. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. I'm on duty, Terry. What about you? Yes, I love being on duty for the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and His Bride and Church. I'm honored to be mm-hmm. here every day. And just today, got some good topics, man. Uh, you know, we have to be aware of what's going down south of, of us here in America. Yeah. You know, the bishops are warning of a humanitarian mm-hmm. crisis in Colombia, Panama, border involving Im- migrants to the United States. This is affecting all of South America, what's happening. So this is important. We're also going to be talking about <clears throat> Cardinal Mueller urging Catholics to stay firm in the truth as the LGBT loonies take over the church. I mean, that's the headline. And then also I want to talk a little bit about the CDC spending $85 million on a grant program requiring schools to allow LGBT clubs. This is where our tax dollars are going. And one last thing, the CDC is voting to grant Pfizer and Moderna permanent legal immunity through the child COVID shot schedule. That's tragic. I mean, can you imagine buying a house without a guarantee or a car and what people are getting vaccinated with no guarantee of the company that puts out the vaccine. This is crazy talk. Hey, Jess, uh, yeah. before, I, you got any good news stories? Because I only have one, but I want to hear, I mean, <laughs> that was all like, are we really living through this? Yes. Yeah, let me uh, mention just a few things that I have here. Good. It, these are, this is for the need to know file. Yeah, need to know file. Good. And, and, and some, are, some are good. Uh, Pope Francis extends the Synod and Synodality yeah, that's right, on yeah. Sunday. He announced that he'll extend it for another year till 2024. Yep. That's a year beyond its original endpoint. And Francis has decided to divide the Synod of Bishops into two sessions that will meet in Rome in October and 2023 and October 2024. Uh, he says, in order to have a more relaxed period of discernment. Hmm. Also... Latinos don't like socialists. Good. 40, good news. 49% of self-described conservative Latinos uh, prefer Democrats to control Congress ahead of the 2012 midterm elections. Nine points more than Republicans. Well, now, that was back in 2012. Now, in September 2022, 73% of conservative Latinos support Republicans in Congress. They're saying, we don't like socialists, we don't like the crime, we don't like the chaos, and Latinos are responding. Also, the Army seems to have misplaced priorities right now. You think? The Army Times recently reported that at the end of fiscal year 2022, the Army came up 20,000 soldiers short of its recruitment goal. This is a crisis because a shortfall like this has never been seen in the modern Army. And if it continues... It will result in a greatly diminished force. And finally, Ukrainian official <clears throat> Alienit's benefactor, SpaceX founder and CEO Elon Musk, is reconsidering his provision of essential communications systems to Ukraine amid their war with Russia. Musk said he's merely following the recommendation of a, of a, of a Ukrainian diplomat who told him to blank off in response to a proposed peace deal to end the war. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, Jess, one more thing. The Democrats are getting scared, and I'm glad, uh, because even Obama comes in and talks about, hey, we're, we, got, we can't be running scared here, because Biden's promising to codify Roe versus Wade if Democrats take control of the midterm elections with the House and the Senate. And so this is so critical for all of us to vote uh, I can't see any Catholic, true Catholic. I'm, I'm talking about anyone, bishops or, or Democrats. You know, you can't because what you're basically doing is what this guy is doing right now. And he's he's a, he's hell bent on killing as many babies as possible in America. And you can vote for that. There's no way. So please, with these midterms coming up, the the we couldn't be any more important than they are now because of the life issue. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Well, let's uh, get some go to food. Do, get some soul food today. Luke chapter 12, verses 39 to 48. Jesus said to his disciples, Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. So Christ is talking about his second coming and the end of the world. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? 
And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom, whom his master on arrival finds him doing so. Truly I say to you, he will put him in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master's delayed in coming and begins to beat the men's servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, then the, ma- the servant's master will come on an unexpected day and an unknown hour and will punish the, se- the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating shall be beaten only lightly. Much, this is, this is for the this bishops here, right here. This oh, one. yeah. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Only comment I want to make about this, uh, uh, our Lord's parable today. The parable that he's talking about today, it's really about leadership. Mm. It's about responsibility. And our Lord Jesus Christ, what he's doing here is he's comparing the apostles to domestic servants who have, you know, different tasks and different duties in the household of God's kingdom. And so what our Lord is saying is that the royal tasks entrusted to the apostles must be fulfilled, that's all of us, diligently before Christ's second coming and before Christ's sudden return. In other words, you want, to, you want the Lord to catch you working in the vineyard when he comes mm. and not watching ESPN and rubbing your belly and drinking a six-pack. Well, and Jesse, that last statement in the scriptures, much will be required of a person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. That fits right into yesterday's quote from St. Pope Pius X. And I'll just read it one more time. He says, How I tremble to think that souls can be punished for all eternity on the account of the negligence of their pastor that innocent people can be led from the path of truth because the words of inspired text were never preached to them, that the spirit of the world and of our time especially should pour into ill-instructed minds for want of a firm hand to check its tide. I have a sacred duty to defend the truth openly, for God will ask me to render an account for all those souls who have strayed into the way of perdition." I think he's quoting, that's right where the scripture is saying that much will be required of a person entrusted with much and still much more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. Jesse, that's scary for moms, dads, for everyone. It's scary in the sense that what you just said, uh, what are we going to be doing at our exit interview? When are we, what are we going to be doing at the time of our death? Are we going to be, like Jesse said, you know, going out golfing and relaxing and doing everything and forgetting about the salvation of our soul? I hope not. And, and it fits right into the quote of the day of Fulton Sheen. Let's bring the smartest guy, Fulton Sheen, ahead. He had, he had uh, St. Pope Pius X in his train yesterday. Who he has today is, already, Cardinal, um, oh, uh, Cardinal Robert Seurat. I was going to mm. call him a Renzi. Nope. Mm. Cardinal Seurat. They both look alike. And mm. so here's what he has to say. And this is really a question that ties into the scripture, Jess, what you just said. What are we going to be doing? The Cardinal says for us, the most important moments of, of our life are the hours of prayer and adoration. Wow. Hey, Jess, if that's not the case, guess what? That's a wake-up call for me to have more important moments of adoration and prayer. Yes. He says, they give birth to a human being, fashion our own true identity, and they root our existence in mystery. Jesse, he's basically saying that if we're not living our faith heroically right now, we're going down. That's how I see it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I'll tell you who uh, who went down for the faith, but who went down fighting was the uh, 
the eight North American martyrs that we celebrate today at Holy Mass. Man, brother. Top, preach yeah. it. Yeah, the, these, uh, I think the most, most of these guys were Jesuits. That's right, believing Jesuits. Uh, yeah, <laughs> believing Jesuits. And these guys, when they came to North America to bring the gospel to the natives, I mean, they, they came across some, some very difficult, first of all, weather. Uh, there was uh, the condition of the, for, the, of the food was poor. It was in York. the cold of winter. Yep. Uh, the natives were constantly suspicious of these Jesuits. And uh, one of the Jesuits, Father John Brebeuf, he, he was actually the first one to master the Huron language so he can prepare a catechism for these Indians. And here's what he said when he wrote the catechism and he learned their language. He said this, quote, Ah, how much pleasure there is for a heart devoted to God to make itself the little scholar of a savage and of a little child, thereby to gain them for God and to render them disciples of our Lord. All of these Jesuit, believing Jesuit martyrs <clears throat> were killed, all eight of them, in the years between 1642 and 1649. <clears throat> but it wasn't after, again, it wasn't uh, till they made the catechism in the Huron language and they started catechizing, evangelizing, and discipling these Indians. And many of them came to an understanding and the waters of baptism and to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Wow, we come back, some bishops are warning of a humanitarian crisis in Colombia and Panama. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. We, I guess our music's not on, Jess. Hey, Jess, uh, what's the scoop on this story about Bishop warning of humanitarian crisis in Col- Colombia, Panama, bordering involving mem- uh, immigrants uh, trying to get to the U.S.? I mean, that's a long way. That's 3,000 miles. This is the way bishops used to talk back in the, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s mm-hmm. constantly in, in Latin America, Central America. They would warn their parishioners not to come north to stay with their family and basically yeah. to, to, just to— uh, you know, grind it out, grind it out in poverty. They need a father. They need a husband. And this this bishop, uh, he's not using exactly that angle, but at least he's he's warning Bishop Hugo Martinez of uh, of Apartado, Colombia. He said just a couple days ago that there's a humanitarian crisis near the border with Panama, as there are thousands of people risking their lives across the Darien jungle on their way to the U.S. And so for several days, thousands of migrants, many of them Venezuelans, mm-hmm. fleeing a communist country, have been arriving in the area of Colombia, uh, a drug country, a drugocracy that lies across the Gulf of Uraba from Panama mm-hmm. and are waiting in the town of Nicocli yeah. on the Colombian coast for the opportunity to cross by boat into Panama. And from there, cross the Darien Gap on their way north to the U.S. That's a journey of more than 3,000 miles, like okay. Terry just said. Wow. Along the route, they're exposed to theft, human trafficking, rape, and death. In response, the Director General of Migration mm-hmm. Colombia, Fernando Garcia Man- Manos- Manasalva, recently traveled to the Araba region to review the situation in the Colombian towns of Carepa, Turbo, Apartado, Nicocli, Acandi, and Capergani, where there are about 8,000 migrants. Wow. In a statement to... To the, to, to the uh, news network, Bishop Torres said this, in whose diocese these towns are located, he said, I do believe that this is a humanitarian crisis, close quote. The Bishop Prelate said that almost all the migrants are Venezuelans. Many are arriving in extreme poverty without money, without clothes, without adequate shoes to cross a border and a road as difficult as the Darion. <laughs> and what's bad, said the Bishop, is that the, the, the demand has meant that the boats aren't capable of transporting so many people and they have to stay on the beaches because they have nothing to pay for a hotel and that makes the lives of these people much worse. Mm. The bishop who asked authorities to find adequate solutions related that he visited the town of Capergana. He said, quote, I found myself with a very young population between 30 and 40 years old who are going blindly on their way. They just want to get to the U.S., improve their living conditions, improve the health of their children, receive medical attention, treatments for their families, but they are disoriented, the bishop said. Bishop Torres also said, 
that on the way the migrants meet many people asking them for money, others want to rob them, and others treat them badly. The citizens of the countries the migrants are passing through often view them with indifference and don't help them. In a statement to the Associated Press, the People's Ombudsman of Colombia, Carlos Camargo, said that the most current situation is much more serious than that of 2021, when thousands of people, mostly Haitians, arrived in Nicocli. The number of people on the move who have gone to Panama uh, so far in 2022 exceeds 150,000 people compared with the 134,000 migrants in all of 2021. And the trend is going to increase or is increasing, according to Colombia's ombudsman, Carlos Camargo. Jesse, can I just ask you, because this is talking about immigration, really. Isn't it true that these countries like Valenzuela, who have a horrible government process for people, they're living in object poverty when they really should be living on a higher grade, that really the problem is the governments of these countries are treating the people poorly, so that's why they want out. Why can't we try to influence the country uh, of you know origin? I thought President Trump talked about this saying that, you know, we got to help these people have better lives in their own country. Am I on to something, or is that just my assumption there? No, this is... And we can do that, by the way, but here's our problem. Okay. You have the Unity Party, and I mean the Democrats and the and the Rhino Republicans. Yeah. Together, they, you know, because they want to make... Uh, they they want to make their friends happy in the industrial war complex, uh, Boeing, Lockheed, uh, Northrop, and Raytheon. Mm-hmm. They want to keep them happy. We keep fighting these endless wars, Terry, across the world, yeah. and we are dumping so much billion billion dollars and so far. Billions, in of, Terry, with all the money we've dumped over there. Uh, I'll just be honest with you. We could have made Central and Latin America. We could have made them first-rate countries. Yeah. We could have helped their economy so they're not jumping the fence and coming over here. Exactly. We could have shown them ex- uh, my point, you know, yes. how to bring in uh, just capitalism. Yeah, show them how to make money, man. I mean, it, show it, them how to work a job and have business. Instead, what are we doing? We're fighting endless wars in the Middle East and now endless. We're fighting a proxy war against Russia. Of course we are. Through the Ukraine. And, and what do we have south of the border, Terry? Yeah. Uh, we have people that are living in third world conditions and we're spending all our capital uh, across the pond where, where once again, uh, it doesn't affect us what's going on in Ukraine. It doesn't affect us what's going on in Afghanistan. Let those people take care of their own problems. Yeah. It seems like there's a principle in the catechism and the church's subsidiarity yeah. that we need to have the local people deal with the local problems. and. It seems to me, Jess, and this is one other element I brought up a week ago. My son was down in Costa Rica fishing, and he said, Dad, I couldn't believe how everybody in the culture is smoking dope, in other words, marijuana, and they just basically uh, accept whatever their situation in their government is. There's no motivation to go to work, and uh, they just kind of chill. In other words, they don't have any motivation. And so that, to me, is kind of creeping into our own country, if you think about the young people today, that's going to affect our country's security, our economy, our safety, because when you are doped up you know, all day long, you have nothing else to do except the next day, get high. Terry, now, and, and I also believe that American liberals are destroying Latin America. Why do I say that? I can prove it. I'll tell you why. Okay. You know who the biggest consumer of drugs, pornography, and child sex trafficking, what country is the biggest consumer of those three social It's not Mexico, social is evils? it? No, it's the United States of America. Oh my gosh, I missed Our that country one. is the largest consumer of oh, drugs. Consumer, yes, of course. We're the largest consumer of pornography. And we're also, though, I just found out, we're the largest consumer of child sex trafficking, oh my God. buying and selling them and using them as boy. God have mercy on us. So, so the the point that I'm making yeah. is that Latin America says, okay, if 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 these if these if the U.S. is going to sustain our economy, 
by these, uh, you know, by these what we would call sins, well, maybe we'll, we'll get into the drug trade. Maybe we'll get into uh, sex trafficking. That's why right now Mexico is the largest sex trafficking exporter of children in the world. Why? We're right across the border from the U.S. They say, we can make tons of money from these guys in north of us because these guys like these little boys. They'll pay pay $10,000 a boy. Wow. And and also, this is why Mexico also in Latin America churns out a lot of drugs. Uh, They're trying, because those, those, here's what happens. When we send those countries' presidents and those countries' Congress or Parliament, we send them some money to help out the people. Yeah. It doesn't get to the person on the street in Panama, mm. Colombia, Mexico. Mm. They stay dying and starving on the street. Mm. It goes into the pockets of the oligarchs, the ones that run that country. It never gets down to the little guy. Same thing with Muslim countries. When we send boatloads of money to Islamic countries, it goes right to the uh, imams. Yeah. It goes right to, to the... Uh, to the terrorist uh, warlords, and it never gets down to the little guy, Terry. Yeah, and that's the problem. You're right. You're spot on. So, Jess, it seems uh, great that a bishop is speaking out as clearly on this. He's gone down to see it. And uh, I know that when uh, the Mexican bishops in the 1930s and 40s, from reading your book, uh, it says that the bishops were telling the flock, do not go up to the United States. It's going to split your your family. And we saw what happens, Jesse. You end up having two families, one in America mm-hmm. and one in Mexico. I've experienced that uh, counseling people here at uh, funerals where, where, believe it or not, Mexican guy dies and both wives show up for the funeral. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is, I mean, I'm like, what? Oh, God. That's what's happening in our culture. So this is why this yeah. is a, a big problem. And I think, in my humble opinion, the solution is keeping people and getting them to stay where they're at and hopefully get their government to clean up their act and give people jobs. They need that's right. They need work is what they need, Jeff. Yes. Terry, your your bishop in, in, in Los Angeles, he's actually made some good statements many years ago. I'm looking at, at an address that Archbishop Gomez gave in two thousand and eight mm-hmm. over at uh, in Missouri in Missouri. He said this quote This is Archbishop Jose Gomez, yes. who's from Mexico. He's Mexican. Right, Monterey. Okay? He says the fact is that millions of immigrants are here in blatant violation of U.S. law. This makes law-abiding Americans angry, and it should. Why should they obey laws if others aren't punished for breaking them? There you go. As advocates, we can't ignore this fact or somehow argue that our immigration laws don't matter. We have to make sure that our laws are fair and understandable. At the same time, we have to insist that our laws be respected and enforced. Those who violate our laws have to be punished. Now, he says... Now, this doesn't mean we shouldn't enforce the laws. It means we need to find more more suitable penalties. The church needs to be a voice for mercy as well as justice. We have to insist that those who come to our country respect our laws. If they are here illegally, they can't expect to escape punishment. But I would suggest that intensive, long-term community service would be a far more constructive solution than deportation. This would build communities rather than tear them apart. And it would better serve to integrate the immigrants into the social and moral fabric of America. Here's another good bishop, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, yeah. October two thousand, two thousand and ten. Yeah, sure. he said, he said, the right to immigrate must be considered in this context. The Church recognizes this right in every human person, exactly. in its dual aspect of the possibility to leave one's country and the possibility to enter another country to look yep. for better conditions of life. At the same time, states have the right to regulate migration flows and to defend their own frontiers. Amen. Always guaranteeing the respect due to the dignity of each and every human person. Immigrants, moreover, have the duty to integrate into the host country, respecting its laws and its national identity. The challenge is to combine the welcome due to every human being, especially when in need, with the reckoning of what is necessary for both the local inhabitants and the new arrivals to live a dignified and peaceful life. So again, two bishops, Bishop Gomez, uh, Pope Benedict, uh, both of them are saying that uh, the people that come into another country must respect the laws of those countries. They're also saying that every single country has the right to defend their frontiers, their borders. And they're also saying, obviously, that countries that are more powerful 
should seek to help those countries that are less fortunate. And we do that. The United States of America is the most generous country on planet Earth, bar none. And there's a reason 90% of the world wants to come to one country. It's America. Yeah. So when you tell me we're a bad country, I say, you know what? Give me a break. We come back. Cardinal Mueller. We're going to talk about what he has to say, staying firm in the face. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, Jesse's at the doctor's appointment, so I've got you coming. And I wanted to bring up Cardinal Mueller again. He's, he was the former prefect for the Doctrine of Faith. And there's another interview. He's doing them all over right now, America. He's in America. And... Um, he had this another interview talking about uh, the German cardinal strongly rejecting the LGBT agenda that is continuing to creep into well, the way of the Catholic Church, which he reminds the faithful goes as a far as promoting a criminal idea of you know castration of boys. This is how bad it is. He called for such procedures done in the name of transgender ag- agenda and abuse of of the young children of minors. I call it, you know, just, yeah, big, I can't say what I call it, but it's bad. Mueller sat with uh, Mr. Hale for an interview in his visit in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The interview covered the Cardinal's recent remarks, and we covered this last week on the EWTN Raymond Royal interview about the hostile takeover of the Catholic Church by pro-LGBT Catholics. I, you know, in this recent August meeting with the College of Cardinals with Pope Francis in Rome, as well as the duties of the Pope, is his job is to safeguard, to confirm us in our faith, safeguard the faith, the Catholic faith. Now, Hale pointed out that it is the Pope himself who appoints such prelates to important positions, and it is these appointees who are promoting the LGBT agenda in the Church. Now, that's a tough question, but it's true. The Cardinal responded by saying that while he does appreciate the Pope's work for social justice, and I do too, and for peace, and I like what he said, but the first task of a Pope is to be the grantor of unity and of faith. Remember the quote from St. Pope Pius X I read earlier in the show. Now, indirectly correcting the Pope's approach to put the pastoral aspect over the defense of doctrine Cardinal Mueller insisted that I cannot separate Christ the Good Shepherd from Christ the Teacher. That's a good way of saying it, Cardinal. Adding that the pastoral is not against the doctrine. I've said that so many times to people. Give me a break. Emphasizing that we are all called to make a confession of the revealed faith. Pope Francis throughout his pontificate has stressed the importance of mercy and of welcoming those who do not live according to God's commandments. But I have to say this, while at the same time making derogatory remarks about those faithful Catholics who insist on defending the church doctrine, like don't breed like rabbits. I'll remember that one. Yep, he said it. We must stay strong, firm in the faith, Cardinal Mueller insisted, adding that those people in the church who are pushing this agenda that goes against God's teaching are delegitimizing themselves. Yeah, they really are, because you have no power to do to change the perennial teachings of the church. Now, the truth of the faith is on one side of those who are faithful to Jesus Christ. See, he talks like Jess and myself, black and white Catholicism. You're either for or against. Here, the cardinal was making reference to the Protestant Reformation in England in the 16th century. When two bishops and one great layman, St. Thomas More, were on the side of truth. See, don't expect everybody to be on the side of truth when it costs you something to be truthful. The same is to be seen in the early church during the Arian crisis. He went on to say, where in the end, we had the victory of truth. 80% of the bishops were Arians. They were heretics. And I don't know what percentage of the bishops don't believe in the perennial teachings of the church, but... It's more than I'd like to think. Mueller also referenced the recent guidelines of the Belgian bishops who in September published a document in support 
have we have talked about the blessing of homosexual couples. This step by the Belgian bishops, he expounded, is nothing more than the justification of homosexual marriage. Thank you, Bishop, for speaking so clearly. Even if they are hiding this plan behind their propaganda. You know, that's what James Martin does. Come on, just he's, he's, say what you really believe. You know, but if you take away the propaganda, the cardinal explained it's nothing more than heresy against Christian marriage and absolute heresy and schism. Well, I happen to agree, but I'm not in management. You are. I'm in sales. Rome must speak, he said, he charged. Now is the time to cry out for the truth from the rooftops. And why do I say that? Again, I'm going to quote a great saint, a pope. I would love to encourage Pope Francis to read this quote from Pope St. Pius X. He said, How I tremble to think that souls can be punished for all eternity on the account of negligence of their pastors. Apply that today, that the innocent people can be led from the path of truth because of the words of the inspired text were never preached to them. That the spirit of the world, and of our time especially, should pour into ill-instructed minds for want of a firm hand to check its tide. He says, and I think Pope Francis, all bishops, all of us, have a sacred duty to defend the truth openly. For God will ask me to render an account for all those souls who have strayed into the way of perdition. I give an example. On the weekend, I worked with a couple, the husband who's having problems with his wife, and he went to three Catholic priests telling him of his problems, and all three priests compromised, said, ah, go find another girlfriend. You know, divorce this girl that you're married to right now. We'll get you an annulment, and you can have another babe. What? Three priests said that? Oh, God have mercy on those priests. They need to be catechized or the world has influenced them too much. And this is what Cardinal is saying. Cardinal Mueller is saying that we have to say, you know, he says this, no bishop of Rome has the authority to make a blessing to things or to behavior which is against the will of our creator and our redeemer. We have to help these people in pastoral care to find their way back, but the way of Jesus Christ, not according to the ideologies of the world. And that's what I think that Pope Pius X, St. Pope Pius X, is, is encouraging all of us to stand up for the truth because we need to be doing that in our world right now that acts like God doesn't exist. All right, I just want to shift gears before we get to the, um, the church militant segment for the last segment on Wednesday. I want to just... Uh, mention that the CDC is voting on granting, this is so crazy, Pfizer, Moderna, permanent legal immunity through child COVID shots scheduled. So by adding the shots to the childhood schedule, Pfizer and Moderna will be able to bring an FDA-approved shot to the market without opening itself up to lawsuits. Now, you remember... I talked about all the lawsuits they had. Those companies had to pay out billions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars because of problems with their drugs. I wouldn't want to touch them with a 10-foot pole, but the Center for the Disease Control will be voting likely Thursday. That's, you know, that's tomorrow to deliver a permanent legal enmity to Pfizer and Moderna through the process of adding drug companies, the mRNA injection to children and adolescents. So by adding these shots to the childhood schedule, it will transfer liability for vaccine injuries. Are you ready? To the federal government and the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. So allowing for Pfizer and Moderna to finally bring an FDA-approved shot to the market without opening itself up to lawsuits. Man, that just tears me up to think people are going to do that. I had a guy yesterday ask me, did you did you have your children back? I said, no, don't do it. Don't do it, my friend, please. Well, anyhow, that's one. Another top topic that I wanted to bring up, again, the CDC, Center of Disease Control, 
They're spending $85 million on grant program requiring schools to allow LGBT clubs. So over the past year, sex education schools have consistently expanded to support the LGBT. This is why I tell everybody, don't send your kids to public schools. It's a cesspool out there. And these, the money's getting more and more. And when you've got uh, President Biden pushing so hard for killing unborn babies and, and uh, promoting the LGBT, we've got two more years of him. Wow. Now, what we can do, which I think is a responsible thing to do as a Catholic, in these midterms that are coming through, Look at it this way. Biden's promises he's going to codify Roe versus Wade if Democrats can take control in the 2022 midterms. So here's my point. If we vote for life, we can't vote for the Democrats. No, we can't. Because we're going to participate in Mr. Biden killing more unborn babies and again, I keep quoting the Holy Father. Why? Because it's true. The Holy Father says, I tremble. I hope you tremble. If you voted for Biden two years ago, just go to confession, man. Get that sin resolved. Yes, I called it a sin. Because if you know he's going to be killing unborn babies, which we all know he said he was going to do, and you voted for him, that's, 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 sinful. that's a serious matter, full consent of the will, baby. That's, that's a problem. So what we need to do is this time in three weeks, I say I got a I got signs up in front of our church saying, you know, Proposition One is evil. That's the one that we want to pay for abortions for every state in the union in California. Why am I doing that? Because it's the right thing to do. And the right thing to do is kick these killers, and I call them killers that are uh, uh, that are politicians out and bring in uh, a life issue to be the number one issue of our voting. So the midterms are coming up in a couple of weeks. Please vote pro-life because I really don't want to see you at your exit interview trying to tell our Lord that, hey, oh, I, buy, I voted for Biden because, you know what, he was going to give me my, more increases on my Social Security. Dude, Social Security is nothing like heaven. Social Security is running out of money. You'll never run out of anything in heaven. So please vote correctly. Hey, when we come back, Church militant Kyle Hornet is going to be with me for the first time. We're going to talk about the evening news and much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess had to leave, but Brad, I'm glad you're here. You know, working with me, Brad, you'll find that, uh, I'll tell you, I'm uh, a little over the top, but I'm glad you're here, Brad, to tell us about Church Militants News. And um, I want to just uh, give a little plug. Some people get upset when I talk about Church Militant. They go, oh, they're a little tough. Let me just describe the beauty of Church Militant, uh, because I really think they take heed to what Pope Pius X St. Pope Pius X talks about being uh, careful about the truth. What does the truth come out? And when the Holy Father said, I tremble to think that souls can be punished for all eternity on the account of negligence of their pastors, Church Militant is helping those pastors because by you exposing the errors that are going on in the church, especially in the hierarchy and the priesthood, we get these guys out. It's exposing it with the truth. And think of the innocent lives of people who were affected poorly by these bad bishops or bad uh, priests that were living a double life. So they're really giving us a, a really a good service for us as Catholics by exposing this with the truth so that we can get these guys out. Look at McCarrick. Look at the damage that man did. And if nobody exposed that, can you imagine he still would have been in the good graces supposedly of the church? No. Church Militant is exposing this for the benefit of the salvation of souls. Brad, are you with us now? I sure am. Brad, I just... Terry, can you hear me fine? I can hear you fine. I just gave a little plug about what Church Militant is doing to serve Holy Mother, the church, by 
you guys exposing errors in our church in their sense of lives of priests, bishops that are not teaching and governing and sanctifying the church with um, by getting these guys exposed like McCarrick and others, we can expose them and get them out so we can bring good holy priests in and the salvation of souls are at risk because these innocent people didn't know about this. So that's why I say what you guys are doing is so important, my friend. Well, Terry, I, I, you hit it right on the head there. It's really not about any yellow journalism. We're not no. calling out priests for the sake of no. you know, t- tabloids. It's just really about saving souls, Amen. Help, helping priests be accountable. In that very uh, line of work, we have uh, reporting on, sadly enough, in the Vatican, yes. just on Saturday, okay. one of our evening news stories coming out just on Saturday now, the Pontifical Academy for Life is tapping a pro-abort, yeah. uh, leftist, globalist speaker at the World Economic Forum, uh, atheist, <laughs> for for a position there. And the, the, the lady's name is Mariana Matsukato. I saw the picture of her. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, she is being tapped for the Pontifical Academy of Life, and that had to have had the rubber stamp of Pope Francis himself on that appointment. Yeah. Uh, it's just unbelievable, uh, and it's tragic. It's sad. You know, you're talking about the loss of souls here on people who get scandalized on such things. Yeah. And we really lament. So th- that's where the, the prayer warriors are going to come in, that people aren't going to be scandalized. But we have to call accountability here Amen. and, and, and show where the wolves are in, in uh, sheep's clothing out there. Yep. Uh, an- another story also has to do with the priesthood. We have a, a pro-gay Basilian, uh, Father Thomas Rosica. Uh, I know he, he is. Yep. He's the guy in 2019 who had to resign from senior post because of plagiarism. Yes. He just doesn't learn. He is at it again in a recent article about Vatican II, uh, because, you know, Vatican II, the anniversary, the 60th anniversary last week, it, the Vatican II article, it turned out to be a cut and paste, you know, that didn't stand up to uh, journalistic standards as far as plagiarism goes. So uh, the, the poor fellow, he needs to go to rehab or something, or, or maybe just stop writing altogether. How about that? That's would a be, better solution. Would, would probably be good. And the last story really, really is a tragic story. You know, you think about the uh, uh, if he who scandalizes one of these little ones, yes. know, Bill Stone. Well, we have uh, so-called gender-affirming mastectomies oh. on children, adolescent females, who want to be more masculine. They're being mutilated, really. Uh, in 2016, the number of those mutilations, surgeries, gender-affirming mastectomies, whatever you want to call them, was at uh, about 100 uh, in 2016. That went up fourfold, over 1,100 for recent numbers that have come out. So these children, now we have to remember, when someone's suffering from gender dysphoria, there's lots of comorbidities. There's underlying issues that need to be treated. And this person has, and all they're doing is just green lighting these people and putting them under the knife. It's really, really tragic. And these people are gonna wake up from this fantasy a year, two, five, ten years down the road, and this is where the suicides go so rampant right. and, and 101 fallouts from it. You know, 45,000 people have uh, been reported on a website that have said, I regret, regret it doing any kind of sexual transmission of changing from male to female. So it's pretty obvious that uh, this is not a good thing. But, you know, I want to ask you in the moments that we have left, Brad, because I'm convinced also that Church Militant is very open to pointing out uh, the errors of the politics that are going on with the uh, Democratic Party. And that is, we have the midterms coming up in a couple weeks. Now, you guys in Michigan and we in California have a prop that says, you know, we're going to make sure abortion is, is legal in any way, any time. As a matter of fact, in California, we're going to pay for anybody. We'll pay your hotel bill. We'll pay your airfare. And uh, we'll get you back after we kill your child. And this is the kind of stuff we have to stop. And I want to just give you an opportunity to say something about the midterms and how President Biden has promised that he would codify a Roe versus Wade if the Democrats take control in the midterms. How important is it for us Catholics to really vote with our moral compass for life? Well, absolutely. It's Every person is going to stand before God and, 
and answer that question, did you use your vote for good or did you use it for evil or did you just not use it at all? There's a thing called sin of omission. Amen. And everybody out there that's committing sins of omission by not voting, I don't have time to soil myself with politics. Uh, well, you're going to have to answer to the Almighty for that. Uh, and it's not about Democrat, Republican in the sense of what party or independent, but who is who is the pro-death party is exactly. quite obvious. Yep. Uh, and not only do they kill babies, now they kill the economy as well. Mm -hmm. And if people won't vote their moral compass, hopefully at least they'll vote their pocketbook, because either way, you're going to uh, pull the lever red instead of blue. So uh, I really, really hope for the salvation of souls of the voters. Yes, exactly. Not only to save babies, but the voters themselves have got to step up, wake up, and get to the polls for their own moral good. And, and Lord help them if they're pulling a lever for Proposition 3, which not only... Uh, makes Michigan here an abortion sanctuary, but also green lights genital uh, uh, mutilation. Yes. Uh, these adolescents can go in and get this surgery, you know, without even parental uh, consent. Uh. So it's amazing what's going on with this, uh, the midterms coming up. Well, one more thing, Red, I want to give you, maybe you already heard it, but I really read something from Pope St. Pius X that really struck me to say I need to speak out, and I hope it can really encourage our listeners. The Holy Father said, How I tremble to think that souls can be punished for all eternity on the account of the negligence of their pastor, the, that innocent people can be led from the path of truth because the words of the inspired text were never preached to them, and that the spirit of the world, and our time especially, should pour into ill-instructed minds for the want of a firm hand to check its tide. He says, I have a sacred duty to defend the truth openly, for God will ask me to render an account for all those souls who have strayed into the way of perdition. That's St. Pope, uh, Pope Pius X. Now, the reason I bring this up to you, Brad, I believe that that's a, a call that church militant takes very seriously, and that is to inform people the beauty of our Catholic faith with all the resources you have on your website. Am I onto something, brother? Well, absolutely. And I think uh, one aspect of church militant here, not only are we calling out the uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, but when they're misrepresenting the faith, part of our news reporting yes. is not just that they did it, but what is the Catholic truth that should have been Amen. generated out there with sources and everything. So anybody that is scandalized, by their uh, position on, uh, you know, you can vote Democrat, vote for pro-aborts, you know, pro-homosexual, whatever it is. And we always try to give a clear guidance along with church teaching, along with that reporting on that individual priest or, or you know, prelate or, or what have you. Sure. So we're trying to act as a safety net and also call a priest, you know, to be accountable. And, and uh, Brad, how can people sign up to become a monthly donor and get all those resources? How do they do that? Well, you come to churchmilitant.com, you can call uh, our, our front desk, the contact info is there, and uh, you know, become a premium subscriber. It's not uh, just about donating here. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of Catholic teaching you want to tie into. Also, all sorts of interviews and uh, great stuff in the uh, what's going on in the Catholic world. Who's doing what out there today? Our whole resistance arm is taking off, you know, the Red Top Report. Sure. All of this stuff is on our site, and if you, you know, and it, it takes a lot with the inflation and everything today to keep this up and running, as, as you all know. But uh, yeah, a premium subscriber, less than a, a cup of coffee a day, you know, that for a month, uh, $10 a month, and you can back something really good trying to bring the faith back to the, uh, to the, to the view sitter out there. Very good, Brad. Well, I want to thank you guys for taking the time every Wednesday to join us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Our privilege. God love you, brother. Take care. Folks, on Friday, we're going to have Father Charles Murr coming in to talk about Cardinal Menzenti and the recovery of the heroic Christian virtue. And this is an amazing cardinal who died in, the in 1975, but he was uh, you know, persecuted by the communists in Hungary. You'll want to take in on that show. I want to also recommend that all the other shows we have on Virgin Most Powerful, go to vmpr.org, check them all out. And also, just a quick note, if you want to become a monthly donor, we send all kinds of 
videos and audio clips to you of programming. You can do that by going to vmpr.org. Look under monthly donor. I thank you ahead and ahead. And I just want to say, Jesse, if you were here, I'd say, what state should we be living in? And Jess would say, the state of grace. And how do we do that? By staying close to the sacraments. Go to confession, pray your rosary, read your Bible. Also, remember, I say this every day. It's our Fatima message. Part of it says souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. St. Pope Pius X said it. We should say it. The Bible says it. Pray, make reparation for the sacrileges and sins of our world because we can, we can make reparation for all those souls individually. May God richly bless you. And St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O oh my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O oh Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.